Welcome back to the Drew Lazy Podcast, and welcome to Season 16, Episode Number 2. The theme of Season 16 is making Drupal development easier, and in today's episode, we'll be talking with Luca Lusso about his new book, Modernizing Drupal 10 Theme Development. Before we get to my interview with Luca, please allow me to mention that the next semester of Drupal Easy's Professional Module Development course begins on January 30th. Now, this course is 15 weeks long. We meet for two half days a week. And we cover topics such as setting up your code editor, using Xdebug, writing automated tests, and so much more. Check it out at drupaleasy.com slash PMD. Hi, Luca. Welcome to the Drupal Easy podcast. Hi, Mike. Thank you for, for inviting me. Sure. So, uh, Luca Lusso. Luca Lusso. Yeah. It's fun to say. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm pronouncing it a little, little bit wrong somewhere, but what's your Drupal background? How did you get into Drupal? How long have you been in the community? And what's your, what's your Drupal story? Okay. Yes, I started using Drupal in 2007, probably. So a long time ago. We are working on a project with, my, with a friend of mine about a course in a university. And we are looking for a CMS to to automate and to, to, to let uh, editors wrote uh, things. We, we try some alternatives and then we, we choose Drupal. And then uh, starting from, from 2007, I basically only use Drupal for everything. Then in uh, 2015, I wrote uh, the web profiler module. That is the one, one of the main modules that I maintain. So I jump into the contribution. <laughs> Then uh, in 19, web profiler is 1914. 1915, I attend my first DrupalCon as a speaker. Oh my God, please, please say 2014 and 2015 because you're making a lot of people scared. <laughs> you said 1914 and 1914. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's <laughs> of, co- of course it's 20. <laughs> you would be our, our oldest guest ever if it was 1914, 1915. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So yeah, you and I, you and I have been doing Drupal development about the same time. That's it's about sixteen, you know, over sixteen years. Yeah, so that's interesting. That because I don't think our paths have crossed to this point, but they have now. So I asked you on the podcast because you have uh, recently written a book titled "Modernizing Drupal 10 Theme Development." Is this your first Drupal book? Yeah. So this is quite an accomplishment because I, I I'm a big fan of the book. Um, and I mean, it is quite comprehensive. So what, what made you decide to do this? <laughs> okay. I, I want to, to wrote a, a book for, for a long time, in effect. But it's, uh, I, I never found the time and the opportunity to do that, basically. Then uh, October of 2022, last, last year, Pact, the, the publisher of the, of the book, uh, wrote me on, on LinkedIn they are looking for someone to wrote a book about uh, Drupal theming using uh, modern techniques. And then uh, I, see this, I, I see this opportunity and uh, I start working with them on this project, basically. I mean, that's, that's, it's jumping in, you know, jumping into the deep end. Yeah. You know, possibly head first as well. Did you, did you write a lot before? Or do you write a lot of blog posts or like, you said that Pat emailed you about it. So how, how did that? How did they find you? 
Uh, um, I, I wrote a lot of uh, blog posts, uh, mm -hmm. some of them in English, a lot of them in Italian. Sure, sure, sure. Then I maybe they found me because I contributed to the community, maybe on LinkedIn. Basically, for that, I suppose. Well, regardless, they found you, and, and, and we're pretty lucky that they did because it's, it's a pretty comprehensive book. Uh, we're going to get into that in, in just a minute. But I want to start, I mean, I really like it when authors take an opinion on the way things should be done and don't try to, you know, be all things to, to all, all people, so to speak. And the book is definitely a little bit opinionated in the tooling that you use. I mean, you specifically mentioned, and I'm going to go through a list here, and it's probably an incomplete list, but it's a list that I picked out as I was going through things. DDEV, Visual Studio Code, Yarn, Paragraphs Module, Tailwind, Backstop JS, uh, GitHub, Post CSS, Webpack, Stylint, ESLint, PHP CS, Storybook. <laughs> I, I think it's probably, I'm going to guess, I'm going to go on a, a, a probably very short, strong limb here that these are all tools that you use day to day anyway. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I use those tools, uh, um, some of them uh, in my day to day work, some of them uh, for contributing, for example, uh, for example, DDEV. Uh, the, the Drupal stack that uh, you can use for spin up uh, uh, Drupal website locally. Mm -hmm. uh, I use it a lot for um, contribution development uh, for web profiler and other modules. Then uh, other other tools like um, Storybook or PHPCS, uh, I use them um, on on my daily work job. Yeah, your daily kind of developer workflow. Yes, exactly. And some of them, I I choose them for 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 the book because uh, we want to we want to try to to use uh, tools that uh, front end developers outside of the Drupal community normally uses for for front end development. Right, right, right. I really liked right off the bat. I really liked the way you took time. I, I think it's all, probably almost all of the first chapter. And even the second chapter as well, like just setting things up, you know, setting up that local development environment, talking about like what DDEV is, you know, installing things the right way. The book has a companion, like a, a demo site companion, which, you know, that's, that's no small feat either. And then even once you get into the theming aspect of things, setting up things like Webpack and Browser Sync and Backstop JS, I mean, really kind of comprehensive just information on how to set up a solid, you know, front-end developer-focused environment. I mean, was that your plan all along? Or I know that when I write lessons for our courses, you know, as an example, like if I want to teach, the one that popped into my mind is like dependency injection. In order to teach dependency injection, you've got to teach like four other things before that to introduce that concept. So I might have an outline of, you know, I want to teach these five things, but in order to get to those five things, I end up having to write about 15 things. Did, did you find yourself kind of falling into those rabbit holes as well as you went? Yes. Uh, um, yes. Uh, this, uh, this, what you say is interesting because uh, I, I, al I always uh, think that it's important when, when teaching something to, to go in the, in the, in the correct order. So you cannot uh, talk about uh, a topic uh, without uh, introducing it uh, with all the, it's, uh, the, the information that comes uh, before. And uh, when, when I wrote the, um, the outline for, uh, for the book, 
I try to do the, the same. So I try to avoid talking about a topic using, uh, for example, Word, basically, that I never used before. Right. You have to introduce and make sure that everyone explains that word. Yeah, understands that word. Exactly. So it's uh, I I change the the order of the chapters uh, sometimes during the, the 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 writing of the book to 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 move things around to 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 do the correct order. Right. I mean, this is very much not a. There are parts of this book that are like a how-to type of book. But there's also, the other thing that really impressed me was there's a chapter just on explaining how Drupal renders HTML. Yeah. And it, it gets pretty deep. And it's, you know, it, there's some information in there that you, you know, you won't see in most blog posts or documentation because it takes a while to explain, you know, things as, as deeply as you need to explain it. So I think for stuff like that, like this book is super valuable for folks. Thanks. I think that audience for this book is, is mainly front-end developers that are not in the, in, the, in the Drupal community, not in Drupal job, basically. So I want to, the, the first chapters uh, you, you mentioned about the, the setup of the, the local stack is because uh, in my experience, uh, front-end developers uh, maybe have some difficulties with Docker or all these uh, more backend or developer uh, stuff. So I want to explain them how to set up the, the environment. But the book is also for backend, develop, backend Drupal developers that needs to maybe not doing front-end development, but uh, provide the, the, the code and the infrastructure for a front-end developer to do its job. Yeah, I think that's the category I fall squarely in. Yeah. Where I, you know, I do a little bit of front-end development here and there. I'm very comfortable with back-end development, but there's definitely things in this book that I learned along the way. Okay, great. I also think the other audience that you probably had in mind, but you haven't mentioned yet, is folks who are comfortable with Drupal in general and maybe dabble in front-end development, but aren't using all of the tools that you mentioned or you know, maybe have some holes in their knowledge. You know the one the, the the one word that keeps or kept coming into my mind as I was reading was wow this is like really comprehensive like there are parts of this that I may never use but it's it's really interesting that it's in there regardless and I think for someone who wants to level up their front end development skills from you know casual to professional you know there's not a whole lot that's missing in this book I don't think yes yes basically. Um... It's a it's a it's an overview for for some part uh, a very in depth overview about ev- everything about uh, what you can do with front end in uh, in Drupal and and also the the, the chapter about uh, how Drupal renders its page I think uh, maybe a typical front end developer can skip it but uh, if uh, he understand the internals of the of the CSM of of the CMS sorry how Drupal uh, builds a renders array, how the cache works. Uh, it's uh, mandatory to to wrote uh, maintainable uh, and future-proof code. Right, right, right. So I want to ask you know something specifically. You know, you talk about the storybook, and you use you know you have some examples involving storybook in the book. To me, you know, my interaction you know, with Storybook has mainly been with like large clients, 
you know, clients who, who have the budget for separate designers, you know, or, or, or focus designers who are doing that stuff in storybook. And then, you know, possibly different front end developers to implement those designs into storybook. And I, I, I've always kind of grappled with like what percentage, and you know, you might not have an answer to this. So, you know, what percentage of like professional front end developers do you think use storybook regularly? I've never been able to get a good handle. Is it just a few or, you know, is this something is, is this type of kind of front end uh, component design tool? Is that, is it really common in with larger clients or is it something that's just now starting to gain traction or like, where, where do you see that falling? Yeah. Uh, basically <clears throat> storybook, uh, it's a tool that is uh, used a lot uh, in uh, front end community that does uh, react uh, or front end that use front end uh, frameworks, it starts to to be used on uh, on project outside front end frameworks like like Drupal, for example. Uh, maybe at the at the beginning of this of this year, or at least when uh, uh, Drupal ten point one has been released, because uh, starting from from that version, uh, we have uh, the Single directory components module in core, so we can uh, we can simply build a front end theme using components, and uh, we can use Storybook uh, to develop those components uh, before the, the the building phase of the website, basically. Right. So of course, uh, I see the benefit of using Storybook in in, lar- in larger project, of course, but also in larger in larger teams. Because uh, if you have the same uh, the same developers that uh, that uh, provides all the building and uh, teaming and so on, probably you don't need the storybook at all. But if you have a team that designs the the components uh, and then uh, some team that uh, some people in the team that do this the Drupal building and backend development that usually comes later in the cycle. But you need to to start developing the components from the design system and so on. We we notice I'm working on a on a big project this month that is using a storybook and all those stuff, and we are see that right now we can build and define a single directory components for a paragraph or a block, for example before building that paragraph of, of that block. So we can build the, the CSS, uh, the markup, the JavaScript, uh, show the component to the, 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 the final client, uh, the final customer, without uh, the Drupal part. And this is, uh, this is useful. Are there other, and I don't want to like, go too far down into the storybook rabbit hole, are there other tools that you see having a lot of traction similar to storybook with Drupal front-end developers? Or is Storybook pretty much the way to go right now? Yes, probably it's the it's the tool that uh, has been chosen probably for by the by the Drupal community right now because uh, there is an integration between Storybook and the SDC single directory component module, so you can easily expose uh, your components uh, in in a Storybook instance. Yeah, let's let's talk about SDC single directory components for a moment. Uh, you dedicated an entire chapter to it. You know, I mean, I, I think you probably agree that the future is very bright for single directory components. Is the skills necessary to create a single directory component 
has that are those skills very different than traditional front end theming in Drupal or front end development in Drupal, or is it just kind of applying those skills in a different way? Yes, because uh, it's just uh, reorganizing files in in a different way, basically. So in a single the single directory components module allows you to create a, a separate folder called components in your theme or your module. And in that folder, you have a, a single folder for, for every component. And in that folder, you have a, a metadata file that describes the component, the twig file for the markup, and some CSS and JavaScript files unique for that component. So it's the same code you wrote in the, in the theme folder probably of, of Drupal, but or better organized. And then, then you have to, to wrote all the mapping. So in the, in, the, in, the, in the templates folder of your team, you still have to override all the templates of Drupal. And in that file, you include or embed the twig file from the... So there is, uh, it's a one step more to use a single directory components because you have to do, to, to wrote probably two different twig files one for the component and one for the for the mapping. Are you using single directory components in your day-to-day uh, -day work at this point? Yes, yes, we are we are we are working on a, a big project for um, a university here in Italy and uh, all the components has been developed using uh, single directory components exposed on storybook so the customer sees them uh, on storybook and then can they can uh, use those components to define pages, and then we can map uh, the Drupal structures, uh, so the paragraphs and so on, to that components. And they, we, are, we are using it a lot. We are, we are contributing to both the module because uh, it's a very early stage at the moment, so there are some issues with, with it. So we contribute some patches to the SDC module, and also to the, to the add-on that Lullabot wrote, wrote for for the storybook integration. Right, right, right. Yes, I've I've seen that stuff. All right, cool. I, I you know a bunch of other chapters in the book. I was really it was really interesting to me because I know that when I'm building a theme, I always start with the header and then the footer. Well, I start with like basic typography and all that stuff first, but then header, footer, and then you know, node pages. And it was really interesting because as it was going through your book, your chapters are kind of laid out that way as well. You've got a chapter on styling the header and the footer, uh, you know, on styling content, on styling forms, on styling blocks. Is that the way you approach when you're when you're building a you know doing the front end for a site? Do you kind of the same way that you laid it out in the book? Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, we we follow that uh, that that path, and uh, I I try to add some more topics and knowledge uh, at every steps. So. I start with the header and footer because probably in the header and footer you only have blocks or or something like that. So it's more easier than styling an entity, for example, a standard content entity. And then uh, I move to the content where you have probably a node or, or something like that, when you maybe have fields. So you have to understand how to extract uh, fields information from uh, from Drupal, how to pass them to, to Twig, and, and so on. Cool, cool, cool. I did want to mention you know, one more chapter that I was really surprised. And uh, honestly, I just skimmed it. So this is one of, the, one of the few chapters I haven't read yet on using Google Lighthouse 
for front-end performance. So again, this is one of those skills that I know in my experience, not all front developer, you know, not even all professional front-end developers or full-time front-end developers have, but those that do use Lighthouse are very, you know, very, they want to talk about it. They want to mention like their, their Lighthouse scores are, are, are high and stuff like that. So again, I'm going to assume, is this something that you use in your day-to-day work? Yes. Right. And for those for those who are, who are unaware of what Lighthouse is, can you just explain what Google Lighthouse is real quick? Yes. Uh, basically, it's a, it's a tool that me- measures uh, some metrics from every pages of a website. And, and uh, it extracts metrics like layout, uh, layout shift uh, or time to the page to be interactive uh, or um, some other metrics like uh, time to first byte. A lot of metrics that, uh, the, that are calculated in the browser. For this, uh, Google Lighthouse uh, uh, works well uh, when you're using Google Chrome because they're using some APIs that are only available on Google, Google Chrome uh, browser. And uh, you can use uh, those values they, they call them uh, core web vitals. You can use those metrics uh, to check if some part of the page can be improved for performance and, and accessibility point of view. And the, the interesting part is that Google Lighthouse can provide you suggestions about how to improve uh, your pages. And some of those suggestions uh, are from uh, for, for Drupal. So there is a repository of suggestion, basically. You can contribute to, to it. It's open source. And you can add, for, for example, uh, if uh, images are not lazy loaded or if uh, some JavaScript blocks uh, CSS rendering or something like that, then there are maybe standard uh, approaches in Drupal. For example, you can enable the lazy loading of images or installing uh, a module to improve something. So you can provide those uh, suggestions to to developers uh, specific for for Drupal. So that's really interesting. So that uh, I think what you're saying is is that in the in the Lighthouse report in Google Chrome, it will it, it can sense whether or not it's a Drupal site, and if it is, it will give you Drupal specific suggestions. Exactly. Right the, wow, that's really I didn't know that that was a feature of Google Lighthouse. So that's pretty interesting. All right, you mentioned Web Profiler module. You do talk about Web Profiler in the book a bit as well. So real quick, for folks who aren't familiar with Web Profiler, why don't you give us a lowdown on what that module does? Okay, basically Web Profiler is a porting, more or less, of the web debug toolbar of Sim- from Symfony. Uh, if you ever use Symfony at the, when you are in, on, on development, at the bottom of every HTML pages, you can see a, a toolbar with a, some metrics that the tool uh, calculates on the page you are, you are viewing. I move some of the code from, uh, some of the code are already in Drupal because we are using Symfony, some Symfony components. I've wrote uh, all the missing stuff that are in Symfony, but not in Drupal. So if you install the web profiler module, when you, if you have a per, a permission to, to do that, uh, you see a toolbar on the bottom of every web page with a lot of widgets that collects some metrics about the page that you're you are rendering, you are viewing. So, but it's more, it's, it's not, it's not metrics about the front end performance as much as it is about caching, I believe, right? It's both because uh, if you are using web profiler on Google Chrome, you also see core web vitals 
calculated the same way as um, the Lighthouse. And you, you also see how many Ajax call the browser is performing. Oh, wow. But uh, the most part of the, the data is collected on the backend, of course. So you, you have uh, many queries, mm-hmm. which, which query has, uh, has executed the uh, cache sheets. For example, how many blocks or views or forms are rendered on a page, the, the route information, so parameters from routing, the controller that has matched. Yeah, that's the stuff I, 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 I'm familiar with seeing in Web Profiler. I didn't realize it was integrated with the Google Lighthouse, the, the core Web Vital stuff as well. Yes, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I, I've added it uh, at the end of uh, last year. And uh, I also improved the web profiler adding some other metrics, right. especially for for the book, because for example, until uh, this uh, spring uh, web profiler does not collect anything about single directory components, for example, now there is a data collector for which components are used on a, on a page wow, wow. and so on. So I ex- expanded the tool because I needed that data in the book to explain uh, sure. <laughs> how things work. All right. Well, you know, I, I think that over the past 28 minutes or so, we've conveyed just how comprehensive this book is. So let me ask you one more question. So for someone who is a, a casual front-end developer, a casual Drupal front-end developer, okay. familiar with writing SaaS, maybe familiar with overriding template files, maybe not much more than that. If you had to mentor a, you know, that type of developer, what would be the two concepts that you think that they should learn next? Is it using Google Lighthouse? Is it learning SDC? Is it something else? Like what, in your opinion, I mean, is it using all of these tools that you mentioned, like Webpack and PostCSS and really understanding those tools? Like what would you tell an aspiring front-end developer who kind of wanted to make the leap from casual to professional? What, what advice would you give them? Okay, f- f- first of all, uh, uh, understanding uh, why Drupal does things uh, as it does. Uh, it's, it's mandatory to to become more professional. So understanding uh, how renders array, caching, uh, uh, the render the render pipeline works. Uh, I think this is the first point where, where to start. Then SDC probably will be one of the most, the, the, f- the first way to, to develop a theme uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the future. And if I can, one more. Oh, well, I only the... said two, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> The, um, the last chapter of the book is about uh, the coupling. So building a front-end without Twig and Drupal theme layer. So the, the book uh, provides two examples, one using uh, vanilla JavaScript, so performing fetch requests uh, to, to the backend, and, uh, and one using uh, the Next for Drupal, so the integration between Drupal and Next.js, it will be probably one of the most used technology to 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 build uh, the coupled uh, Drupal website. So uh, and it's interesting because you can build the website on with, with React. So the, completely decoupling from from Drupal, and uh, you can maybe use also also in that uh, scenario you can you can use a Storybook because Storybook is well suited for developing React components. So you can reuse uh, maybe 
you cannot use the same SDC components written in Twig on, uh, on React, of course, but maybe... Similar concepts. Similar concepts, exactly. So do you ever envision yourself developing a Drupal site that isn't using either SDC or a decoupled front end? Or are you past the point where you would build a site not using one of those tools? No, probably probably we will use that two tools uh, in all next website we we will develop. So I would argue then that you know based on that answer, the the probably the most important thing for aspiring front end developers to get comfortable with is components. Yeah, and and possibly Storybook as well. Yes, I, I, I agree. Because if you're going to build a modern site, you're probably going to use components, whether it's fully decoupled or whether it's SDC, and those components have to be designed somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Luca, this was fantastic. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. And I you know, really appreciate the work you did in, in the book. Again, it is Modernizing Drupal 10 Theme Development, published by PACT. I'll have links to the book and a lot of other things we talked about in the show notes of the podcast. So great to meet you. And uh, I'm sure we'll run into each other at some point in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for inviting me and go buy the book because uh, it can be a very useful set of information for, for a Drupal teamer. Thanks for listening to the Drupal Easy Podcast. Don't forget to check out all of our long-form Drupal training courses at DrupalEasy.com and stay tuned for the next episode of the Drupal Easy Podcast. See ya!